0: Salutations, peace, and blessings. You're listening to the Kneel Down podcast. I am your host, The Commission, and I want to spend the next half hour or less dedicating this show to the family of Dante Wright. Dante Wright, for those that don't know by now, 20 year old young man that was shot and killed. During a traffic stop in Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, I usually have things to say. Usually most of what I have to say is random. It comes off the top of my head. I try to keep things toned in the event that should my podcast hit a wave of people that are listening, perhaps for the first time that the impression that they get of me is not that of a, I don't know, out-of-bounds, vicious, malicious type of individual. Not that I would think people would think that of me. If anybody is listening to these shows, these shows usually occur sometime prior to the weekend because that's when I normally do my shows. But the shows that I do during the week have meaning, they're significant, they have purpose. There's a reason why the commission takes the time out to do a show that may not even relate to sports. Thus the point of my podcast, thus the title of my podcast, the Kneel Down Podcast is not just sports slang to indicate Uh, what sports shows I decide to do. This is in reflection of social, cultural issues that involve family, communities. And we see another young man, another black man, fall under the gun of a ignorant, perhaps ruthless police officer (laughs) The thing is, we don't know much about these police officers at the time things happen. It's when it happens that you start to question motive. You start to question reputation. You start to to question character, behavior, personality. The person is mentally challenged, deranged. You, you, You can't put a finger on why. And for people that have seen these scenarios happen more than once, more than twice, maybe a number of times within a month, six months, a year, it's disturbing. It's gut-wrenching. It's horrible. It's terrible. And the words that I say probably won't comfort anybody. But it's the words that I say this evening that makes all the sense in the world because of the platform that I have. I have an opportunity to speak my mind and I have an opportunity to allow people to hear what I have to say and perhaps listen and understand and perhaps even relate to what I have to say. Now, for those that listen to my show on a weekly basis, I do appreciate you guys. I really do. Men and women alike. I've said it many times before, I'm not prejudiced against anyone. I don't discriminate against anyone. Those that want to listen to my show will do so. And maybe they'll find something good about it. And for those that have, I truly appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. But this is a situation that over the last 15, 20 years that I've known him, have become more out of control, which seems to be by the year. And if you're a part of the black community that has been going through systemic racism for so long, this is something that seems to go on month by month by month. And perhaps depending on where you're located, where you live, this is a weekly thing. It's just the fact that it's another scenario we have where we see a white cop shoot an unarmed black man For practically nothing. Was this black man armed? We didn't see anything on the body cam of the policewoman to say that he was armed. Did he do something wrong? It's a possibility he could have done something wrong. But what I fail to understand, maybe it's my own ignorance, but what I fail to understand, is how a routine traffic cop, a, a t- routine traffic stop, ends up becoming homicide on the side of the policeman or policewoman taking a shot at another black man for nothing at all. If, and this is the biggest if in the world, if this black man should have had a weapon and the cops felt as though they had to defend themselves. That to many people would seem justified, right? But with a lot of these killings, with young black men and women, that doesn't seem to be the case at all. Most of these people have no weapons. Most of these people have not committed a crime. Most of these people, I wanna say all of them, But I know most of them are innocent in what happens that leads up to them being brutalized or murdered. And we sit back and we listen to the stories and we watch the footage now. We could watch the footage as if we're watching a movie. And nothing explains why in this particular case with Dante Wright, that a woman would take out her gun thinking that it was a taser and not know that it was a gun. And she's been on the force for 26 years. The problem here is the fact that it happens so often that it happens randomly and it usually happens with white cops. There are cops that are great cops. I'll be the first one to tell you. I know of a few cops and they're great cops. They get the job done. They go home, report to their families, their husbands, their wives, and they go about their day without any issues, any concerns, or problems. And for what I understand, there are cops that have yet to fire their firearm. So it does exist where you're talking about policemen and women and the the, the good policemen and women that know what they're supposed to do in those situations, that know how to handle those situations so it does not escalate to the point where somebody has to get killed. The other issue I have is that when you pull over young black men, or even young black women today, I'm curious to know what is being said at the time that all of this happens. Young men of today have a right to feel nervous. They have a right to feel worried. They have the right to feel scared when police pull them over, especially when they've done nothing wrong at all. They have a right to feel this way because we understand what's going to happen next. We've seen it all before. And if we haven't seen it before, maybe the last year alone tells the story of just how relentless these people are to commit the evil that justifies their work. For some reason, there is a level of elation that comes about going after young black men. And instead of apprehending them, placing them in handcuffs, they would rather shoot them dead. However, and I've said this before in one of my other shows, you could see a mass shooting happen in Denver or Boulder. You could see a mass shooting happen in Atlanta. You can see a mass shooting happening in Newtown, Connecticut. And it's the same results every time. Young man in their 20s, usually white, and they go after anybody that they see and they mow them down like dogs. And outside of what the shooter does to themselves, The shooter is usually apprehended, which leads me to believe that there are ways of apprehending shooters where it doesn't have to lead to death. There are ways of apprehending criminals where you don't have to kill them, especially if these uh, criminals, so-called criminals, have done anything where you can apprehend them and not have to worry about pulling out a firearm. But even in the event that you do, in most cases, you would see most of these young men not even putting up a struggle. But for some reason, as we've seen over the course of time, words are exchanged. And before long, these young men are running for their lives. Why are they running for their lives if they've done nothing wrong? Why should George Floyd feel the worry of this man putting his, putting his knee on his neck, knowing that he hasn't done anything wrong to anybody? Why should Rashard Brooks be in an empty parking lot of some fast food restaurant talking to a cop to find himself seconds later running from the cop, of which the cop decides to open fire and shoot him several times in the back? It's these situations, it's these scenarios that occur over the course of time that just don't add up. I call them unjustified. There's many people out there that are listening that that will call it unjustified because there's no reason for it. Especially if what you see in Boulder, Colorado, this man's in handcuffs and he's gunned down over 10 people. So where is the justification? Where is that that fine line between what certain criminals do versus what other people that may be criminals don't do? How are we so quick to label a black man a criminal if he's done nothing wrong? From what I understand from Mr. Dante Wright, he had outstanding warrants on misdemeanor charges. And I guess they probably found out what happened. And he freaked out. Which I have to believe in this day and age is common. Because once you know you've done something wrong, what's the next thing to do? It's not resistance. It's a reaction. It's a reaction to a problem. It's the effect to the cause. I don't know how many times I've been pulled over in my life i can remember when i was 20 when i was pulled over and i can't sit here and say what made me come out of this and 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 not Dante right but i can tell you right now i was afraid for my life too i don't know how many cops apprehended them for a traffic stop i had to be pulled over for a traffic stop and there were eight cops that pulled me over over something as minute as Weaving. You avoid a pothole and apparently they have to pull you over for that. But it doesn't justify why you have to take it to the next level. Families are grieving today because these situations that just so happens to involve policemen and women eventually went to the next level. Eventually, it had gotten to the point where excessive force needed to be done need to be exercised, but but did it need to be exercised? Did anybody go after these cops? Did anybody pull out a gun on these cops that we see killed right there in front of our very eyes? And this woman, Miss Kim Potter, took it upon herself to say that she shot him as if she was shocked to know that she had a gun in her hand. She meant to tase him so the shooting was accidental. How do you tell a grieving family that you just killed their son, a father, a brother, a son to those families, that you just killed their son and it was an accident? See, the thing that I have about that is this. A few months ago, we saw what happened on Capitol Hill. That was no accident. That was deliberate. And you didn't see anybody get shot up. It's unfortunate that five people had to die, but you didn't see gunfire the way you see gunfire with these policemen and these unarmed, innocent, young black men. and women. Nothing justifies what's been done when you talk about one situation from another where you would need to use excessive force and you don't. And then the flip side of that, you see what this young man had to go through and they're so quick to pull out a gun. He resists, so what? He's resisting because he's afraid out of his mind for what we know is inevitable. But we can't figure that out. As policemen and women, we can't figure that out. We can't de-escalate the problem. We can only amplify the problem. We can only make more of the problem because it gives them a reason to react. It gives the policemen and women a reason to react. The true crime here outside of ignorance is fear. Outside of hatred, it's fear. You hire these cops to do a job and they're afraid before their feet even hit the ground to handle a situation that involves a young black man or young black woman. And we are tired of it because as policemen and women, ironically enough, we rely on you to be able to help us in our time and need in the event that we do need security, in the event that we do need safety, in the event that we do need somebody to help us out. We call the policemen, we call the policewoman in those situations. Now we have to wonder if it's worth it. Is it worth losing your life over? I heard sometime today. And if this is no if this doesn't if this doesn't just rattle you to your bone, if this does not jaw you or stun you, this, I don't know, is I don't know to be true. It could be speculation. But I overheard somebody on TV when talking about this recent shooting in Minnesota say that there's a 30% chance for black men and women to survive an altercation in these situations. Now, I don't know if that meant depending on location, where you were pulled over at, where you were apprehended at, if somebody raided your house, whatever the case is, you stand a 30% chance of survival. Why should we have to be worried about our chance of surviving some type of uh, altercation that involves policemen, especially if you haven't done anything wrong? Don't Daunte Wright didn't do anything wrong. Rashard Brooks didn't do anything wrong, George Floyd didn't do anything wrong if they did anything wrong, if they did anything wrong it was just being at the wrong place at the wrong time because nothing else can be said about this to say that they, they deserve to die I'm shaking right now because a part of me is just so angry with this system that we rely on every day. And if you have children, if you have sons, if you have daughters, it's the fact that we don't know what more we can say or do that's going to make this situation any better. It won't go away. As long as there are black people that exist, as long as there's black people that live in these communities, and as long as there are white cops that have to patrol these black communities, this will always occur because there is a fear, a constant fear, and a constant anger that goes with hatred, jealousy, what have you, that will not leave your soul the moment it's time for you to do your job. I said about two weeks ago that I was tired of the excuses that I want to be able to embrace solutions. I am still waiting to see what solutions come into effect when talking about a matter of this magnitude, because we've seen it too many times before and there is no resolution. I don't rely on the presidents to come out and say what they feel because they're going to give you whatever it is they want to say and feel anyway. I don't rely so much on these congressmen and congresswomen to come out and say what it is they feel. We paid homage to a police officer, a fallen police officer in Washington, D.C., at Capitol Hill that was ran over by some deranged young man, just happened to be black, who decided to go after anybody in front of him, Capitol Hill, and ran this man over, you know, my heart goes out to that family. But even with that young man and what he did, we have to believe he knew what the chances were for doing what he did. Maybe he was trying to send a message too, but the point was it was resolved. They shot that man dead on the street for what he did that would seem to be justified because he had no reason to run down that police officer had no reason whether he was deranged or not. It was something that was unnecessary, but for what we see and for what we've seen just recently in Minnesota and Brooklyn center, that is just as unnecessary even more so because what threat is there at this point? If the man is in handcuffs if he's subdued what do you have to worry about so what if he says something with regards to what you might have said what if he asks the question what happened does that mean you have to become violent we don't have the right to ask questions about why we're being apprehended that's the most ridiculous thing i've ever heard and i don't blame the next person black whomever, Latino, whomever, to come out and ask the question, why am I being apprehended? Why did you pull me over? We deserve an explanation. Whether we agree with it or not, it's still the fact that we don't understand what is going on. Nothing justifies the actions that come with being subdued by policemen and women. And again, I'm not trying to blanket all policemen on it's just those that we know are incapable of holding down the job they're supposed to hold down for the safety and security of those that are looking for just that what do you do with these people what do we do with these people i finished my show by asking that question because there are so many people today that are just exhausted. This is a taxing experience that won't go away. This is a taxing experience that has been existence for centuries. And it won't change. The people that need to do something about it know who they are. But we're looking for change. NFL, over the next 28, 21 days, excuse me, members of the NFL family are going to sit aside time to learn more about social justice, particularly issues of race, power, privilege, and leadership. The Minnesota Timberwolves, Minnesota Twins, and the Minnesota Wilds took it upon themselves to protest by not playing any games for a day. Protesters throughout the country are making their voices known, men and women alike, over the disorder and the unethical use of violence against black men and women. This is why black lives matter. People that don't understand why Black Lives Matter, understand it now, or they should. If you don't, then perhaps you're the person that we have to be leery of. Perhaps you're the person that needs to be educated because this is a serious problem that won't go away. But we have no resolution, we have no explanation. And that becomes the continuing problem here. This is the commission. You have been listening to the Kneel Down podcast. This is a special episode that's going out to the family of Mr. Dante Wright. He leaves behind his son, which is horrible to, it's horrible to hear. But this is where we are, ladies and gentlemen. This is where we are in this day and age. Yes, we deserve justice. Yes, it does take all of us. But we need to stop this. This has to cease. I won't sit here and say how. We just know it needs to. So says the commission. Peace and love to all those that are out there listening this evening. I'm out.